Welcome to Real Estate Business Explained. On this show, we share insights to what it really looks like to build a real estate business from the inside, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm Sean, and as a coach and trainer, over the past 15 years, I've seen it all, and I wanna share what I've learned with you. So whether you're just getting started or you've already got a lot going on and you're just looking for something new, I'm confident there's gonna be something here for you. Let's get into it. Hey, I'm Sean and welcome to today's podcast. Today I wanna do my best to answer what's really an age old question in real estate. And this question is, what makes some agents flatline when other agents seem to knock it out of the park? And I've been in the real estate business for years now. I'm coming up on, geez, I'm gonna close in on my second decade over the next few years. And this is something that has eluded me. I've got a lot of ideas about what separates top producers from people who never seem to, to quite get there. And simultaneously, I've been fooled so many times. So this is by no means a guaranteed way to know who's going to be the absolute best and who might struggle for their entirety of their career. But what this is, is just some, some things that I've noticed that are consistencies and what separates people who are absolutely successful from those who fail. So what makes an agent flatline? We've all seen this story. We've seen the story of you know, two agents coming into an office at the same time and, and one of them, frankly, doesn't seem like the kind of person that is gonna make it. They, may, they might be introverted, they might be quiet, they might be uncomfortable seeming. Maybe they're difficult to communicate with or you can't really feel like you, you understand them or you can read them very well and the same time someone else comes in and they're outgoing and they're fun and they're talkative and you look at these two people and you've got one who's at the front of the room and engaging and always out and being social and you have the other one who you look at and you don't really even know what they were thinking when they got into real estate. Fast forward a couple of years and they both defied your expectations. The one who was outgoing and loud and friendly is frankly nowhere near where they need to be and they're almost getting out of the business. And that other person who was quiet and not at all what you expected to be the, the leader of the charge is someone who's all of a sudden one of the top agents in the office. So how does this happen? What is it that actually took place? And how can you maybe guess with a little more accuracy or get a clearer idea of what you need to do to actually be the success that you think you have inside you? Well, I've come up with four rules, I'll call them. And I'm, I, I wanna just preface this by saying, I'm not saying that it's always gonna be the introvert or the quiet or the, the challenging communicator that's gonna have massive success in real estate. And by no means is the person who is outgoing and friendly and social always gonna be a failure. In fact, often those are the exact two archetypes that portray like someone being super successful and someone else kind of just never making the connections they need to make to be a, a, a top agent. What I am saying though, is that sometimes the things that are the most important aren't the obvious ones. So here's rule number one. Successful people in real estate almost invariably are gritty. They're gritty and they possess self-leadership. They don't need you to kick them in the butt every morning to get them moving. They, they show up themselves and they've got the grit to keep going even when it's really hard. Here's the deal. If you think about real estate in general as an industry, we're serving people for something that there is not 
a massive need for. Our population in North America has a turnover rate of between four and 7%, depending on the area, sometimes even lower. So what that means is that if you take 100 homes, 100 homeowners, out of them every single year, between four and seven of them are most likely gonna transact. That's not a huge number. It's really not. Combine that with the fact that some of these people don't plan their moves in advance because life, life just happens and all of a sudden they're moving. So you've got a very small percentage of the population that's moving every year and you've got a relatively small window where you gotta catch them if you're gonna be part of that transaction. So it's hard. And to make things worse, it's something that's competitive. So even if you get them in that window, chances are you might not be the only person that they're looking at. So you, you've got to fight for every deal. And what this really boils down to is, is just the fact that really what this means is that there's a lot of repetition and there's a lot of rejection. If you want to do a sizable amount of business, you've got to repeat activities a lot. You've got to talk to a lot of people to find the ones who are moving. And then, you know, along the way, you're going to get rejection. Then even when you do get that person who's ready to, to say, yes, I am planning a move, you still aren't guaranteed that you're going to get the deal. Being there is not simply enough. You have to actually have the best skill set. You have to have the best, um, the best set of options. You have to have the best package and plan. So you've got to get through a lot of rejection and, and you've got to do repetitive tasks. There's just no way to ice the cake other than that, okay? So it takes grit. To make matters even more challenging, the other thing in real estate is that there are a lot of key moments that will determine whether or not something goes forward. So think about this, you've got those 100 people that you spoke to and there's four of them that might move this year. Out of those four, maybe one of them is moving this quarter and voila, you managed to talk to them. But here's the thing, there's key moments throughout the entirety of a relationship, a client, a transaction, where if you do the wrong thing, you might lose the entire opportunity. You might say the wrong thing right in the beginning and it's just gone, poof. You might negotiate wrong to win the listing or even during the deal, and one little thing might lose you that opportunity. So the ability to think on your feet and be creative is really important. Now, I wanna say I have this like, you know, creativity is important. We want to have a problem solver mentality. We want to come back and keep trying things until it works. And one thing that I just want to make super clear is that I'm not saying don't follow proven models. Don't you, don't, I'm not saying don't follow proven systems. What I am saying is that there's a place where you need to be creative and solve problems. But, and I've talked about this in previous episodes, like don't think that you should start out by redesigning the way real estate works. There have been people who have been winning at this game for decades and decades and decades. It's an old profession. Learn from those who came before you. Implement proven and, and consistently successful strategies. Keep it simple. But then along the way, when you hit those challenges, when you aren't getting the results that you want, be the problem solver, be creative, okay? Rule number two is say yes. Say yes. I've been in the business, you know, 15, 20 years, and I've been grinding the whole time. I talk to my friends who've been in this business for 15 or 20 years, or 30 years, or 40 years, and they're still grinding. Being the best means that you need to be open and excited to serve every opportunity. I would regularly drive an hour, an hour and a half from my home 
to serve a good client. If there's someone who needs my service that I'm in alignment with, we've got a great relationship and their needs for their home pushes them further and further and further from my, my typical service area, I'm gonna hop in my car, grab my keys, I'm gonna gas that puppy up and I'm gonna drive to meet him. Because guess what? We don't write a lot of deals and when we do, we make pretty good money, folks, right? So don't say no to opportunities just because it isn't your ideal. You never know what those opportunities can turn into. You might say no to someone that had 15 more deals that they're gonna write, but you said no because the first one wasn't a big enough transaction, it wasn't close enough. And I see agents, agents who flatline into this business, some of them, they start out with a mentality where they're coming from a place of no. I'll never forget, I had this coaching client early on. We couldn't figure out, she was a really strong personality, really warm, everyone liked this person. And we were talking about challenges they were having in their business and they said, oh, well, you know, I've got all these leads but they're not near my home. And I'm just not gonna drive an hour from my home to serve someone. And bear in mind, this agent hadn't yet written a deal. And I almost like dropped my drink on the floor. I had a moment, I was like, I flabbergasted because I would have done that deal. I would have been thrilled to write that deal. It's an hour in the car. You put on, put on a podcast, listen to Sean. I'll talk you all the way there. Listen to anything you want. Call your friends. Use it as a, a time that you can do follow-up calls. But worse than saying no to one opportunity, what I realized was happening was actually a really funny mindset piece where this person was looking at every opportunity and they were grading it against their ideal client, their ideal type of business, their ideal what they pictured their real estate business looking like. And I see people doing this all the time. I, I only want to work my neighborhood. I don't want, I, I prefer to work by referral. I do this, I do that. Well, guess what? Here's the deal. All of us would love to only work in our neighborhood by referral only and sleep until 11 in the morning and, and cash $20,000 checks on a, you know, every three days. But that's not how it works. It works like that sometimes, but then outside of that, there's all these opportunities that if you open yourself up to them, you're gonna grow, you're gonna learn more, you're gonna meet more people, you're gonna expand your network. And worse, what was happening, my belief, is that because this person was looking at every opportunity and in the back of their head, they were saying, before they, they carried through with the conversation, they were saying, do I really want this? Is this good enough for me? Is this something that's worth my time? Is this something that's in alignment with my business? because they had that outlook, every time that they were offered an opportunity or they had a potential client, they were questioning it. And I believe that the other people, the potential clients, the people on the other side of the phone were reading it. You, you, if, if I sensed apprehension that someone wanted to work with me, I wouldn't wanna work with them either. Why would you? You wanna work with people who are excited to serve you, not people who are questioning the validity or, or the value of an opportunity with you. Now. This one takes a caveat too, because here's the deal. Along your way, there are going to be people who push too far. There are gonna be people who ask for you to do something that's outside of your values or your standards or your, um, your personal boundaries. And I am not saying to violate those things. And this is a, a tricky dance too, because we're a fiduciary. We, we owe our clients a service um, that when serving them, we place their needs at a higher value, a higher importance than our own. And at the same time, that does not say that you should drop your commission to zero on every deal, go fix up their house when they tell you they're not planning to sell to make sure that they feel more comfortable and generally tote around people who are going to abuse you. 
Okay, so you're not ever in a position to put yourself outside of your comfort zone, do something that you're not, um, you're not okay with, or put, frankly put yourself at risk, you know, personally or financially. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that you should strive and make every effort to serve every single person that you can at the highest level. And take your ego and take your, your picture in your mind of what your ideal business looks like out of your mind and just say, how could I make this work? And I want to give you a little exercise that I like to do. And I'm, I'm going to use an example and it's with my kids because when sometimes we're not able to accommodate something or we're not willing to accommodate something, our inclination is just to say no, right? So think about the kids. I got two little girls. So I, my girls might say, hey, can I have that toy? And I might say, well, no, the, the other girl's playing with it. You can't have it. You can't take her toy, right? Pretty normal thing to say no to. Well, what if instead of saying no, and then if you looked at that last example, I said no, and then I explained why. What if instead of doing no and then why, I said yes and then how? Watch this. Yes, you can have the toy, but you're going to have to wait until your sister finishes with it. Yes, you can have the candy, but you just ate dinner, so we're not going to do it tonight. You can have some candy tomorrow. I would love to show you that property, but I'm not able to do that right now because I have a previous commitment. What I can do is show it to you this afternoon or this evening. Which one would be better for you? Yes, how? Not no, why? Say yes to opportunities. Say yes to your clients. Be a person of yes, and the real estate gods will reward you. Rule number three. Nothing replaces taking action, okay? I, I teach a lot, and I like to try to make things as simple as I can. This is a simple business. Doesn't mean it's easy, but it is simple at its foundation, okay? So I like to make things as simple as I can. And in doing that, one of the ways that I like to describe being successful to people is this really simple little formula I've, I've made that I call the triple A multiplier, okay? So think about it like this, your achievements, this is the first A. Your, your achievements are going to be equal to the action you take multiplied by the level of abilities that you have. Here's the thing that's neat. Okay, I'll repeat it again one time just for preface. Achievements will be equal to action multiplied by abilities. Here's the thing. If either the action you take or the level of ability that you put to it are a zero, you will get zero. There's just no way around it. Think about it. And I, I see this all the time. I'll give you an example. I spoke to an agent the other day. He was reaching out about coaching support. And newer agent was trying to figure out what he could do. And I said, okay, well, how long have you been licensed? Two years. Oh, okay, well, what, what's that look like? Oh, I haven't done any deals. Oh, my goodness. Well, what have you done? Well, I have a full-time job. Okay, well, that's okay. I mean, it's not easy to do real estate and a full-time job because you have two full-time jobs now, by the way. But what have you tried? Well, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Have you done anything? No. Two years. He'd, and, and I said there was no deals, but there was actually one. There was a lease, but it was a property that they owned. So basically no income for two years. But the problem was that this person hadn't tried anything. So here's the deal. Action, your achievements equal your actions multiplied by your abilities. But the most important one to focus on first is action. And there's a few reasons why. First of all, one, if you focus on action, it's going to naturally raise your abilities. Think about it. You've got an instant feedback loop. If you just say, you know what? I don't know what to do. I don't, no one's helping me here, but I'm going to try something. 
there's so many things you could do. You could go talk to your neighbors, call your family, write handwritten letters. You could go talk to business owners. You could drop flyers out of a hot air balloon. It doesn't really matter. But chances are that if you're taking action, more is going to happen than if you do nothing. I can guarantee that's going to be the case. If you don't do anything, no one's even going to know that you're in real estate. So you've got to start by doing something. You've got to take some action. Okay. The beauty is, is that if you start taking action, you've got an instant feedback loop. You go and you talk to the people who own the businesses and they all say, no, you can try something different next time. You send handwritten letters to your, your family and you don't get any, anything back. You can call them up and say, hey, did you get my letter? You drop the flyers out of the hot air balloon and you look down and realize that you dropped them over a farmer's field. Instantly, you know that you're not going to get a call because there's no one in the field. So you've got an instant feedback loop that naturally will start to grow your ability. So taking action is the most important. Uh, the second reason that the most important thing is taking action is that it just takes more time. It takes more time. Remember, like this is a game for the gritty. This is something where we've got to be out and doing stuff every single day to grow our business. And back to the point number one, like the amount of time that you need to invest in generating leads is a significant amount of time just because we're dealing in a business, if you think about it, it's low volume, high margin. We don't sell a lot, but when we do, we, we make decent money. So if you don't prioritize taking action and dedicate a lot of time to it and you let other things get in the way, you're never going to move the needle enough just in terms of the raw conversations that you need to have. This is a belly to belly sport. You've got to be having the conversations. Okay. So the beauty is that even if you don't put much time to growing your, the level of your abilities, you can still grow them a lot. And the classic example of this in real estate is a, a script and dialogue call. Get on a call with a friend and just practice what you're gonna to say to people before you say it to them, right? 20 minutes a day or even 20 minutes a few times, three times a week where you're in dialogue with someone would make a huge difference for them to move the needle forward. So with that, those two things need to be in some form of balance. You need to take action, but you also need to constantly be raising your abilities. And one of the dangers is that, frankly, to be the best version of yourself, to be the best in business that you can be, well, you need to raise your abilities a lot, but you got to be careful that you don't throttle the amount of time that you spend in training too much. And I see this sometimes where people use training as an excuse to, frankly, treat their business like a vacation. Like they will... They'll, they'll be in every single course. They'll be at the office every single day. They'll be in the meetings. They'll be at the lunch and the barbecue and the whatever the, the other social stuff that's going on. But then they also have to pick up their kids. They've got the part-time job. They've got the other responsibilities, the other business, whatever it is that they're doing. And they don't actually prioritize any time to take action. They think they're being productive, but they're actually using learning opportunities as an excuse to vacation while on a job. And please don't do this. It's so important that you put enough time aside to take action. And it doesn't need to be a huge amount of time that you invest in learning. Once or twice a day for 20 to 30 minutes is more than enough, okay? So rule number four is to play into your strengths. Play into your strengths and have fun. Here's the deal. I am a champion of this weird, crazy idea that we should be able to have fun while running our business. Change my mind. I don't think so. Now, if your favorite thing to do is eat chips and lie on the couch and 
watch Netflix. I'm not saying that you can do that for four hours every morning instead of your lead generation or you know attending learning opportunities and you're gonna have a huge business to show for it. I'm, I mean, you'd have to be kind of goofy to think that. I'm not saying that's the case. What I am saying is that there's 101 ways to generate a lead. So why not choose something that's a strong suit of yours? Choose something that you generally enjoy doing. Choose something that you, you have a, a strength at and you find fun and build your business around that. I'll give myself as an example. For me, when I started building my business, I wanted to be listing focused. I wanted to be able to control to some degree where most of my listings were gonna be. And I didn't wanna spend my evening replying to people on social media chats and text messages. So I chose purposefully to go after my community. And I canvassed, I door knocked and I cold called for hours every single day because I liked it. I could get out and it was contained. I could spend three or four hours outside or on the phone. I was comfortable in front of my desk. I had all my, my things arranged. So it was a comfortable way for me to build my business that served my needs and my priorities. I, I, I love building content and doing stuff on social, but it just wasn't what I wanted at that time. I wanted to be off when I was off. I wanted to be with my family. I didn't want to be distracted by this thing. I just wanted to be able to have that kind of freedom and it worked great for me. Simultaneously, you look at someone who may not be as extroverted as me. They might not want to be at the front of the room. They might not want to be knocking on people's doors. You look at that person and you say, go knock on doors for three or four hours or cold call a hundred random people every week. And they would rather, you know, jump off a cliff. There's nothing worse to them than doing that. There are many other ways that you can generate a business and there's people who like every single one of them. Choose something that resonates with you. I always say that I think it should be prospecting based if you're just getting started and it should be a low cost, no cost thing that you can do every day. That's really important because you gotta get moving before you start spending money. But just choose something that you like. I'll give you the exact opposite example. There was this really sweet lady at my office. I just loved her. Younger lady, a single mom, hard worker, but she was an introvert. Um, she was kind of unsure of herself, very direct when she was direct, but she was kind of like a, a, you know, a softer personality down deep. And she crushed it on Instagram. She was really creative. She did not want to door knock. She did not want to network. She didn't want to do any of that stuff. But what she did was she created all this content beautiful content, these thoughtful videos, explaining things, teaching her audience. And everyone was caught by her because they looked at this and they're like, oh crap, I would love to just have all this business come to me through Instagram. Because from the outside, it looks like she's like this celebrity and she's this cool person. But I interviewed her once. I was like, okay, well tell me what you got going on. I had a team at the time. I was like, okay, I could just automate this. I'm going to have my team build this stuff. I'm not going to have to do anything. I'm going to get all these leads. I'll build my business. It's going to be set and forget. And she's like, oh no, 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 Sean. No, 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 sweet summer child. Here's the deal, okay? This young lady was waking up every morning before her kids went to school and editing for two or three hours. Then she was going out after she dropped them and she was taking videos and, and putting them and stitching stuff together. And she was putting it all on her Instagram and loading it in the afternoon. Every single day she was loading one or two pieces of beautiful content that she spent hours, hours and hours getting it perfect editing it, putting it all together. She was a master at this. And so what happened was from everyone's perspective, they're like, oh yeah, cool Instagram. Like I'll just be like this cool person who floats around 
and it'll be really easy and like I've got, I've got the looks for it kind of thing, right? And she was absolutely dominating it, but she was doing the exact opposite of what they thought. She was grinding away at it constantly and she was spending countless hours. After she finished her post, she'd go and follow people so that they'd follow her back so she could grow her audience. And she now runs a, a multiple seven-figure business, just like I did from door knocking. So choose something that plays to your strength. Choose something that appeals to you, something that you think you could have fun with. Don't think that that means that there, there's not going to be days where you wake up and say, geez, I don't really feel like doing this. There's, there's going to be those moments. And at the same time, if you do something that resonates with you, it'll be easier to push through in those moments when it is... Uh, it's repetitive and you're facing rejection and you're, you know, you're in the grind. There's a hundred and ways, one ways to do it. You just got to choose something that works for you, but realize that you can't quit. Okay. So again, the four rules. The first one is be gritty and have self-leadership. Don't think that someone's going to pick you up and, and show you. You got to go find out how to do it. You got to hold yourself to it and you got to push through the repetition and the rejection. There's no easy way around this one. Rule number two, say yes, be a no person. Remember, don't, when, when it's outside of your comfort or outside of your values or your commitments, um, don't say no and explain why. Say yes, but how, right? Okay, number three, there's nothing that replaces action, but you've also got to balance in the opportunity to learn. You've got to raise your abilities this whole time. You've got to keep the ball moving forward. And number four, play into your strengths. Find a way to do the business in a way that's the most fun for you, that you feel like you get the most value, the most passion out of it, and it'll naturally be reflected in the success that you see. You got this. You just got to go out and do it, and you got to be consistent, and you got to work hard. There's no other way to butter the toast in this business. I hope that you see every bit of success that you need. I hope that you enjoyed this. I hope it brought you value, and I'm super grateful that you took the time to listen. I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.